Sometimes when the universe shows you too much, Jamie, it's gonna scare the shit out of you. You know why? So big, grandeur vision. What if you are meant to build a global business? What if you are meant to be a global influence? But you looking at it right now is gonna scare the shit out of you and you say, no, 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 thank you universe, I don't think I'm good enough. So the universe is also wise. Let you move a few steps, gain some experience, gain some skills. Once you get it, I'm gonna open another door for you and you're gonna move. And next thing you know, when you look backwards, you realize that, oh my God, my life is planned out for me. Sometimes I think you overthink. Hey friends, welcome to the Creator in Progress podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Lim. Each episode will bring you inspiring stories and practical advice from both successful and budding creators and entrepreneurs on how they got to where they are today. Eric is an incredible creator and community leader who understands the power of bringing people together. In his community, Eric has cultivated a shared love for learning and a drive to make a positive impact in the world. A community is powerful when there is an inspiring vision. The reason why people gather is because there is a very compelling vision that we all work towards. He recognises that capturing and holding attention is essential in transforming that passion into success. Go ahead and give them what they want first because when you give them what they want, you clear that off their mental space. Now they've got enough space to think about what they truly need. Whether you're a content creator, entrepreneur or simply someone who is eager to spread positivity and make a difference, don't miss out on Eric's valuable wisdom and contagious enthusiasm. Enjoy the conversation. This episode is co-produced by Skate. I always start a podcast by, you know, understanding a bit more about my kids. Mm. So maybe can you share with us a little bit about your journey? And uh, I, I really love your, your like, life mission, I think. Um, um, can you please share a little bit more about Okay, so if, if you know me when I was a kid, right, you would see this very shy, very scrawny, very self-conscious kind of person. Um, my best friend during secondary school, she have a nickname for me. She called me Mr. Invisible. Mm. She did not say it in a very mean way, but she just said that even if you're in classroom, nobody will notice you. Mm. You know, and that kind of, was, kind of just was a harmless nickname, right? But it nearly cost me my career later on as an entrepreneur. Because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you got to go out there and hustle and ask for business, right? But this whole nobody mindset kind of really make it very difficult for market, to market myself. And I love learning, so I've attended a lot of training programs. I hired a lot of coaches to help me, but there was no breakthrough. Like, no matter what I did with whatever that they've taught me, I don't seem to get the kind of recognition or the breakthrough that I needed. The turning point came when I met a mentor. His name is Ron Kaufman. He founded, he was one of the founding members of the uh, Singapore speaking chapter. International speaker, you see him at the airport a lot, his poster and Mm -hmm. all. And then one day he sat down with me and he looked at me like this. You know, and he asked me a question that changed the entire trajectory of my career. He said, Eric, do you even see yourself as a somebody in life one day? When it, and it was like that. Uh, I was like, somebody in life. And he all, the, the whole pause betrayed everything, right? Obviously, I don't. And then he added, he said, until you see yourself as a somebody in life, people will continue to treat you as a nobody. Mm. Like the world is like a big big mirror right it reflects how you treat yourself you treat yourself well the world treats yourself well mm. and that was the the breakthrough i needed i needed to win here first because i could do all the branding i could do all the marketing but deep deep down inside i think i'm still unworthy nobody that nobody wants to give me an opportunity so that's why when i spoke there's no power when i negotiate there's no power you know mm. and but the, it's like miracle the minute i started telling myself um, you know, I, I'm a somebody in the making. Because I cannot say I'm a somebody because my, my, my mind will fight it. But you will say I'm a somebody in the making. Mm. And he actually made me do an exercise. So those of you who feel that, like, sometimes you feel unworthy and you felt like you're not good enough, do this exercise. 
which is he made me take a piece of paper, full scrap paper, and write down what I like about myself. Mm. And not just five things, yeah. I have to write 500 things. Mm. Not, not over one day, but I've to, got to keep generating. Like, what do I like about myself? What do I appreciate about myself? Yeah. What am I proud of myself? And it came upon a time where I remember doing the exercise and I cried because I really did not have anything to write. I legit don't think there was anything impressive about me. And then he said, okay, so now let's change the exercise. What can you begin to like about yourself? So that was the exercise I went through. And my entire career changed when I went from please like me to this is me. Because I'm so confident and I'm so comfortable in my own skin. And that's why my life mission, I mean, you, you mentioned it rightfully, right? That I have this community called a KRR community, which means known, love, respected. And I, all, I believe that we are all nobody by default, but we can be somebody by design. And being somebody is not to feed your ego. Being a somebody is because when you have that influence, you can use the influence for good. And that's my mission. I want to help a lot of people, good people, uh, you know, to be known, love, respected so that they can be a big influence in their life. Mm. Yeah, and imagine everybody does that. I always tell my students, if all of us have just a thousand influence, a thousand of us will have a million influence. How much good we can do in this world? And I think that the premise of why I'm trying to learn from more people, from more entrepreneurs, like, when I start my own business, how can I uh, just start something good and like it must make good impact on the world, it must help society. That, that, that. And the thing is that it makes business sense because at the end of the day, the money that you make is the market's feedback of your value. Mm. Like the, look at the professions in this world, right? Those that make a lot of money is because they are perceived to give a, give a lot of value. Mm. So if we are an entrepreneur, don't think about how to make more money. Think about what is a big problem that I'm super passionate to solve and that I'm good at solving. That's where the money is. If you are a creator, right? Don't think about oh, what content is trending. No, think about what are the problems that you really want to address. You know, things that irks you, angers you, frustrates you, piss you off, you know? Yeah. Talk about those things because you're born and destined to do those topics. Mm. And then you become, you know, an authority in that topic. Mm. Yeah, always start there. Yeah. It's always not about the, the money. The money is like a the money is a reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the money is a reward. Um, you, you, once you do the right thing, the money comes. Mm. Yeah, because money is an exchange of value. Right. And of course, in the physical world is value. But as we rightfully mentioned now, that if internally, right, you already think you're unworthy, why would your, your being make you attract money? Mm. Right? Because your being is really just a very loyal servant. You say that I'm unworthy, your, 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 every cell of your body will go, oh, okay, you're unworthy, so I'm going to reject all opportunities. Mm. But just watch. Start doing an experiment. Every day look at the mirror and tell yourself, hey, you know what? You're a billionaire. Whatever that, that you like, you are an influential creator. Mm. I mean, words have power. I once did an experiment. Maybe I can send you some pictures. You can put it as the part of the B-roll. Yes. So I had two apples from the market. And then uh, I pasted, I love you on one apple. I pasted, I hate you on the other apple. Every single morning, I'll just say, I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. Seven days later, nothing happens. Mm. But on the second week, that means week two, you start to see patches of rottenness in the I hate you apple, mm. and the I love you apple was still intact. Mm. And mind you, uh, the two apples were at the same location. Week three, very obvious, you start to see juices and weird, uh, uh, the, the apples start to crumble inside. Mm -hmm. Whereas the I love you apple is still strong. Wow. And I could only do it for one month. I wanted to do three months, but my mom swear that if you keep the <laughs> apple there, I'm going to kick you out, you know? Don't be a rotten apple in the family. <laughs> right? So we only did it to week four. Mm -hmm. But I was so convinced that words have power. Mm. Words have power. And, and that if you say the right thing, you declare the right things, you change 
your entire universe. Because mm. everything is created twice, you know, first in your mind and your reality. So a lot of times, if you're not attracting the things you want, at least back, back then for me, I, I realized that I have very negative ways of look, saying things about myself. And that's because that was how the world's, my friends used to say things about me. And I right. take it on and I accept that as my identity. Mm. And that, that becomes a curse. Mm. Yeah, it's quite interesting because I've been doing a lot of like um, inner work also. Ooh. So I've been going to see like my therapist and Very stuff. Good. And yes. uh, I do think it's a lot about like looking inward, understanding yourself and uh, you're not being mean to yourself. I think I'm I'm, I'm generally quite hard on myself. Um, and I think because growing up, I didn't have like the best grades and stuff. Mm. You know, it's like, I always never do women. And then I start to think like, oh, maybe I'm quite, I'm not very smart, you know, mm. in that sense. Um, so a lot of the things have been inculcated since young. So now it's like, every time I say something mean about myself, I'm like, I try to catch myself and say, no, you're not like that. Yeah. Um, but it takes time and... Um, it takes awareness. Correct. Yeah, but the fact that you are aware, it, you're already halfway through that journey already. I like what uh, Vision, Vision is the founder of Mind Valley. He said that actually all of us as a human being, we only have one purpose and one purpose in life. And that's to evolve as a human being, to be the best version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that everything, you know, your, your, your relationships, your health, your career even, they are just vehicles to help you evolve. Mm -hmm. So even though we say that, oh, I want to make money, I want to have a good relationship, but all that are just little excuses, right? Not bad at you, but they just uh, 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 mean for us to become better at ourselves. Mm -hmm. So you realize that the minute you start to see more success, what it impi implies is that, oh, you are actually working on yourself. You are being a better version of yourself. Mm. So yeah, keep working inwards and look at how the outward life will change. Mm. Yeah, you don't do outward. The outward is just the result, the fruits. Yes, yes. You do the seeding. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I, I feel it because um, these few weeks I've been quite like motivated. Yes. I've been happy. Like, I mean, I'm just, you know, even if I'm cooking or gymming and all that, right? <laughs> like last time I'll be very intentional with like, I need to lose weight. I'm going to like eat. Um, you know, very like only protein yeah. and like veggies. And I was quite miserable inside. And also because I think uh, I, was a, I was quite miserable at work. La. So I think there was just a lot of like negativity festering mm. in there. But now, like I feel the different few weeks. I just focus on what makes me happy, what gives Fantastic. me a lot of energy. It's crazy, but like I don't even think about the weight, but I'm so strong at huh? the gym. Like the results just come. A lot of like positive things are like coming my way. Yeah, so it's... You know when I'm saying it, it sounds very like woo-woo kind of yeah. like, you know, but uh, it, it's happening. So it's, it's, it's interesting, I would say. And, and the best part is, I feel that sometimes the best way is to just experience it for yourself. Mm. I mean, since you've got to think negative, right? To think positive, it doesn't take much effort. It's the same one. Think negative and positive, the same energy. Mm. So why not, if you're not happy with your current life, why not change a bit of your thinking and then treat it as an experiment? If it doesn't work, then sure, it's woo-woo. But what if it works? Mm. I think there was another thing that I caught on, um, I think somewhere on your webpage that yes. you want to inspire people to wake up to looking forward to go to work every day. Something, something along those lines. Yeah, that also really resonated with me. Because... I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I think the inspiration came from when Vision mentioned that, you know, even your work, your career is simply vehicle for your personal growth. And that was when I realized that, wow, can you imagine every day you are being molded into the best version of yourself. That's actually what work is. So actually, even if we meet toxic employees or toxic bosses, right? If we have this narrative, hey, I'm here to be molded, I'm here to be stronger, then suddenly there's nothing bad in this life, right? Mm. It's all about the stories that you tell. And of course, for a logical reason, we spend a lot of hours at work, eh? Mm. 
you know, nine to five, now actually nine to six, mm. right? And isn't it sad if the only happy time is Friday night and Saturday? Mm. People are not happy on Sunday, you know, because Monday they have to work. Correct, correct. Right, so I, I guess uh, maybe that's why I feel that, no, we should enjoy yeah. even our work. Yes, I, I truly believe that. So that's why I, I, I just wanted to get out and I really want to be happy every day, you know, find mm. meaning in my work and like help people at the same time. And you think uh, you've got to give yourself, um, you know, a pat on your shoulder. It takes a lot of courage to, not saying that we should quit our job, but, you know, all of us are at different seasons of life. And sometimes we just got to take the leap of faith and have the courage to do the things that is good for us. But, you know, society will always have that set of rules of what a good job is, what mm. a good relationship is, what a good life is. But society is... is society it's not right or wrong it's just that they agreed upon this mm. right but we are individual beings correct so i think we all i always ask myself like if there's one thing i wish for more is i wish for more courage like don't you think a lot of good things in life always happens because of courage mm. there's this movie that you can watch um i forgot who's the actor but the title of the movie is called i bought a zoo <laughs> um and it's about how he met his wife okay. and he said that sometimes in life all you need is just 20 seconds of insane courage. And as long as you respond to it, life will surprise you in many ways. Mm. He found his wife. <laughs> and, and life was great. And sometimes, you know, in that moment, we just, you know, 20 seconds of courage. I'll do the thing that scares me. Mm. And then your life changed for the better. And I guess the next bit, right? Um, mm. I think I've, we've met on, on, on TikTok. Like, yes, TikTok, right? correct. Um, and then I, again, I always know you as the Mr. Positive. <laughs> Um, in the, I always remember you in the pink suit. Yes, yes, yes. So tell me more, like, when did you, I guess, decide to start, you know, hopping on the world of TikTok? I'll right? tell you, there's uh, a backstory to okay. it. So, you know, TikTok came out during the 2020, yeah, right? The yeah. COVID time. And I thought that, ooh, okay, maybe I should get on TikTok. Because I was very late on Instagram. Mm. So I thought, okay, I want to get on TikTok. So I, I got a team to help me to put all my speeches there. Mm. And my very first speech video was about me, you know, playing with a super soaker gun because I wanted to explain that pressure produces power, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, the same water in a small mini water gun doesn't go that far. But the minute you pump pressure onto it, you know, the water hurts, mm -hmm. but the water goes far, right? You don't get an analogy. Mm -hmm. People love it at business conferences where I speak it. Mm -hmm. But I put it on TikTok. Oh God, that video went viral, not in a very good way. No, I got a lot of hate comments. And trust me, Jamie, I, I'm in a very positive industry. <laughs> I mean, corporate training. Everybody has nice things to say. Suddenly, like, 100 over comments are, like, uh, very negative things. What? Very negative comments. Um, obviously, I, I, I kind of wipe it off, but let me think. Um, they probably make fun of my accent, right? Uh, and then they, they make fun of this whole concept of motivation. I was very affected. So affected, I was like, I swear that, you know, I'm not going to get on TikTok. So, one year later, I had a podcast of my own, and I interviewed uh, Zoe, who was already very active on TikTok. So Zoe is a sleep nanny, yeah. and she calls herself the queen of positivity, right? And I interviewed her, and she said, Erin, you should be on TikTok. And I told her that story, I said, no, 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 I, there are a lot of haters. I think you can only do TikTok if you are into dancing and trends. I can't dance. So no, it's no longer like that. Like, they are looking for serious creators to be able to bring positivity and uh, uh, influence into that platform. So... She said, let's do a video together. So we did a video together, a very simple friendship video. Mm -hmm. And that video did very well. And I was like, eh, wow, wholesome content does work on TikTok. Yeah. That's when I started my account. Mm. Yeah, and why I named it Mr. Positivity but was because um, I wanted to do something different with that platform. Mm. 
And uh, I mean, my nickname, right, I have a nickname besides being Mr. Invisible. As I was growing up, um, a lot of my friends would joke, my creator friends would always joke that uh, they would make fun of me. Like, Miss, Eric is Mr. Positivity. Uh, every time we eat something, like our, uh, a brand will bring us up for food, they will always look at me and say, you know what Eric's going to say? Eric's going to say, oh my God, the food is very good. And they will, they will, they will make fun of my, my positivity. Mm. Um, and, but what people don't get is that that was my coping mechanism. The, the whole positivity. I wasn't born positive. I, in fact, uh, when I started, when I, I told you, right, I started being very shy and very scrawny and, you know, no one invites me for birthday parties, you know, JP. It's very embarrassing. Yeah, like, you only find out, thank God there was no social media back then. So you only find out much later that, oh, there was actually a birthday party. I eat alone and therefore I don't eat because I'm very scared to eat alone in the canteen and no one invites me to like, hey, let's eat together. So I'm ostracized a lot um, and, you know, I, I've been caught all kinds of names. Uh, and back as an entrepreneur, I lost a lot of money too. In 16, I owe banks, few banks and my vendors a million dollars. I was a million dollar in debt. And the only reason why I could survive is because I decided that I want to tell a more positive story. Like every time I get dumb, you know, right? I'll tell myself, you know what? It's okay. Um, I'm going to find someone better. Every time a client, you know, uh, uh, gave me a negative remark, I'll say, you know what? This is good for me. This is going to make me better. Because I could choose to go like, oh, this client suck. But then nothing's going to change. But the minute I try to have a positive way to look at things, I always see that my life got better. Mm. Number one, I got happier. Number two, I take things in my stride. And look at today. Like I've owed bank a million dollars. But if I never owed the bank a million dollars, I would not have known how to make two million dollars. Because we make back the money and we make more because it forces you to make. And I was ostracized a lot, which is why I always include people in my parties. Like when I organize parties, I will intentionally go to the people that I know nobody invites them for parties, I invite them. Mm. So I don't invite cool people. Not that if you come to my party, you're not cool, but that I really pay attention to the people that are in the fringe and I, I, I want to make them feel included because I know what it feels like to be excluded. Yeah. yeah, so that's why maybe that's why I got my nickname. It's the positivity. <laughs> it's interesting the like the observations your friends make about you, right? Uh, yeah, but it's very embarrassing, you know, and I have to contain myself. Like every time I really like the food or I really like the place, maybe I'm just very easily satisfied. Then I was like very nice, but I have to contain it. Because oh. my creator friends are quite high profile, so we won't rename them, but they, they were like they were trying they were look at me and I'm like, oh I think it's okay. <laughs> but in my head I'm like, no, I love it, it's so cool. Right, but I learned, I've learned to be more courageous and to be myself. And it really helps nowadays with mental wellness becoming a very hot topic, a very needed topic, right? Mm. With suicide rates going up with the young people in Singapore, I feel that people like you and I, it's time to step up. Yeah, yeah don't be shy about being positive. I used to be very shy about being positive because it's not normal. Yeah, yeah, people think you're weird. Yeah, it's like, it's not, it's not cool. You know? yeah, it's not it's cool, like, like you're too positive. Like, and they don't believe you're positive. But I always tell them that I'm positive not because I'm naturally like that. I'm positive because it's my coping mechanism. Mm. Yeah, because shit happens to me all the time. But that whenever I have a positive story to tell, I seem to be more resilient and I seem to be able to get through it better. I, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, you were saying you were ostracized yeah. in school. Yeah. Um, I was ostracized also. Oh, no. Um, like, I was bullied in, in secondary yeah. school and all that also, right? But that also makes... I think that's the reason why I, I also always try to be very inclusive. Mm. And that's why it's important for me to um, not make people feel... You know, not make people feel that Left way. Left out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like our past really shapes us, right? And um, I, I heard this interesting story that day. It is a, a hero and a villain story. Uh, the backstory is actually the same. It's probably a very painful story, but 
what the hero chooses to do and what the villain chooses to do is different. The hero chooses to say like, I don't ever want anyone to feel this way. I will oh, solve that problem. God, I'm getting goosebumps. But the villain is, I want everyone to feel this way. And God, it's the, in that moment, what decision you make, right? Correct, correct. That's why there's a saying, um, the depths of our struggle will always determine the height of our success, mm. right? Or if you guys are more philosophical, there's this guy called Rumi. Rumi say that uh, where your scars are is where light enters. Mm. Yeah, and your scars become stars. Oh, I like that. It's very beautiful. So uh, then, then it really helps, right? That right now, if whoever is listening to this right now, they are scarring. <laughs> At least they know that that's where light will enter. Mm. Yeah, and that if they can get through. I always believe, again, it's my, my belief that every shit that happens always happens for a good reason. It's mm. to strengthen you or there's a lesson for you to learn. Mm. And if you are a good student, and you really make, declare out and say, okay, I get that this shit's happening. What is the lesson you're trying to teach me here? Ask for the lesson. And then when you learn the lesson, you will not happen again. Mm. But if you don't learn it, the, the, the thing keeps coming. Notice how comes we always have the same problems because we haven't learned it yet. We are, we are busy in remedial class. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, remedial? Yeah, and some of us are in detention. That's why our life never progress. Mm. See that? We're being detained. So if, if we see life that way, then we'll feel that life is not against us. Life is actually for us. Mm. Then we learn fast and we move on and then we teach others. Isn't that a better better way? Ah, this is a question on community. Oh, yeah. yes. I, I thought about it. Yeah, but it's really true. I feel like... Uh, I mean, I mean, when I, I watch your, your, um, your TikToks or like any of your content, right? Like, uh, yeah, I really in, in, enjoy the content for one thing, but I feel okay. like sometimes when I re- respond, yeah, you always reply, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, like, you know, I mean, when, when we went in yes. first, I was just like, oh, I feel so, so honored. Yeah, I replied well. to your comments. I was like following you. I was like, yeah, I agree. I even stitched my videos with yours. Yeah. You did one for the interview one. Ah. Uh, then you got us to stitch. I think it was by a campaign by Indeed. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. That was quite fun. Yeah, I feel like that's why I think you have a very tight-knit community. So mm. can you share a few tips? Like, how, how have you done this? Because I'm trying to build my community very also. Very good. Got it. I'm struggling with it. Um, okay, I'll show you the biggest mistake I make first, okay. which is never ever make your community centered around you. Okay. Right, and uh, my first community, right, my name was in that community, you know. And the thing is that if you have your name is in that community, it will not grow, mm. right? We're not celebrities. I mean, unless you're st- starting a fan club, you okay. know. But we are influencers, right? Mm. Uh, not in the way that people think about that. We are people of influence, mm. and they're not going to follow us because of us, mm. right? And that was when I learned how to build a community by trial and error. I realized that, uh, so I have a community called KLR mm-hmm. and it's about 10K members. Mm. And the reason why that community grow was because my name was not in the, in the, name, the, in the community. Okay. A community is powerful when there is an inspiring vision. Mm. I mean, that's the, only the, the, the reason why people gather is because there is a very compelling vision that we all work towards. And that you are a leader that is guiding people uh, and you have a whole bunch of proactive members that are also supporting one another. So uh, that's why we set up KRR because I believe that every one of us can be a somebody by design. Mm. And we can be known, we can be loved, we can be respected, and then we use it for influence for good. So when I set that as a vision, people start coming and people don't go, oh, I joined because I, I, I was part of Eric's uh, program. I joined because I want to be a KRR star, mm. right? And then they will now tell their friends, hey, you know what, you want to be a KRR? Uh, you got to join a community. They become advocates. But mm. no one's ever going to be, hey, I'm part of Eric's community. You should join, you know? Then people are like, oh, I don't even know who Eric is, so I will not join. Mm. So that was my biggest takeaway, that uh, a community has to have a very compelling 
vision. Now, once that is done, then the second part is important. Mm. You need to create touch points to activate familiarity effect. Mm. So uh, we all know that these days there are just so much distractions, right? And so as a community leader, we need to create multiple ways for members to interact with one another. Now take note, the interaction is very important. It's never going to be just members to the leader. Mm. That's only one direction. You overdo this, you become a cult leader, mm. right? What you want to do is to have members to interact with members as well, to generate a lot of energy within the community. Mm. So what I did was, um, you know, I would think about, remember I told you it's always about problem solving, right? The way you create value is by solving problems. So one of the core problem I noticed my community face is they're kind of shy and they are, they, they are very afraid of creating content. So what we do is that we meet up regularly and we create content together. Mm. So it's no longer about just Eric and them, but it's about us as a KRR community coming together, let's record videos and support one another. So when like, you are posting video, I will support your video. And so we become truly a community. So I remember last Christmas we came after fisting on turkey and uh, lock cake, we set up cameras and we started doing all kinds of uh, TikTok videos. Wow. And it had so much fun. So the touch points is important. Another thing I also realized is that as a community leader, we need to decide what's the identity of our members. Yeah. Because we come together because we have a shared identity, right? Mm. Like we, we have a same vision and we have a certain identity that we can, re we can relate to. So for example, in KRR, like the minute if someone say, hey, you're also a KRR star, the first thing they'll think about is, oh, you must be someone that loves learning because mm. that's our identity. We love developing ourselves. Oh, you are somebody that really want to do good in this world because that's my community. My community are not people who want to make money. They, always, they are like, exactly like what we just discussed. They believe that money is just a fruit. If they do the right thing, the money will come. That's part of our core value and our identity. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, we need to be very clear. What is the identity that we're trying to create? And people want to be proud to be that identity. Mm -hmm. and, and when that happens, people start gathering. And then as a leader, we need to start listening. What do we want to do as a community? And then you facilitate. And then it becomes you know, a, a creature of its own. And that's where the momentum is built. So three things. Number one, you need an inspiring vision. Mm. Number two, you need consistent touch points, preferably facilitated by your members. Mm. And number three is, as you do that, you need to start creating a common identity and a common language mm. that people are proud of. So we talk about... Um, community. Community. Now, I really want to ask you a little bit about, you know, sales and marketing. Sure. Right? Because... I feel as a creator, I'm mm. also an entrepreneur. Mm. So how, do you have any advice on, you know, how can I incorporate sales and marketing techniques into my content creation journey? So for me, uh, I, I feel like content creation is like a, it's like a very, it's like a sales funnel. Yes. So I'm actively working on building the, that, that top layer, yes. like discovery, da, 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 and eventually it will lead to a sale. I guess my problem is I don't have a business idea yet. Mm. So I just keep building on things that, I guess I, I really like. Um, I have an idea of what I, I want to do, but in terms of sales and marketing, right? Okay, and, and, and honestly, when I market my podcast, it's very big. Oh, okay, it's, it's I got very, you. It's very, um, it's quite exhausting. So, do you have okay. any tips on how yes, to uh, manage Quite that? a bit. Okay, so first thing first, uh, eyeball is everything. Mm. Right? Because uh, without the eyeballs, you can't convert the eyeballs into money, mm. right? As a business. So therefore, that's why content is powerful because content allows you to capture all this attention and these eyeballs. Mm. Um, so my suggestion is first thing first, you have to be very clear about who you're trying to serve. Mm. 
the who is very important. Like, is it even a community, right? It, we, are, we gather for a purpose, an uh, inspiring vision for the audience. Yeah. So question number one you need to think about is, mm. what market am I very passionate to, to serve? That I, I want to spend more time with them. Maybe it's because you are one of them, uh, or because you have easy access to them, or that you, have, you just have an affinity with them. Right? So that's step number one. So you think of your market. Mm. Okay, then next step is ask yourself, what are problems that they have that you can solve directly because of your expertise, okay? And number two is think about problems that you can solve indirectly. That means maybe you don't have the expertise, but you have network that can help them solve the problem. And then finally, what are problems that they have but you can't solve, but it's still a legit problem. So now can you imagine you have a table with your target audience and you have three problems, three sets of problems, right? Mm. Okay, problems that you can't solve, you curate content for them. Mm. Problems that you can solve indirectly, you collaborate with other creators to create content. Mm. And then problems that you can solve directly, that's your your niche, you go create content for them. Mm. So that becomes your entire content strategy and when you focus on these three, depending on which one is the easiest, lowest hanging fruit, Mm. you already have uh, enough content to help you capture the attention of your target market and that they feel grateful for you because you are legit adding value. Mm. So no, notice I, I didn't say that, why well, are you passionate to talk about this? Passion is another thing altogether. It's always about what problems you're trying to solve. The bigger the problem you solve, the more money you get. Mm. So you go with that angle first. Now, at some point you realize that a problem was so big, it's so big that you can't solve with one content. That's when you begin to build an offer a product, a service, a technology to solve that very big problem. Now you have an offer. And then all the content that you create will all funnel to the offer. Mm. Okay, so now let's do a bit of coaching mm-hmm. so that the, the listeners can also see how to apply it. So why not let's try it, okay? For you, Jamie, is there a particular audience that you would be very passionate to serve? Who I really want to reach out to yes. are like folks like um, who are very passionate about self-development. Mm. You know, like, how can we grow to become better people? Um, what are some productivity hacks I use? Or, you know, how do you lead a better, healthier life? You know, that kind and of And that's thing. great. You see, notice, don't, don't ever think in terms of expertise first because then you are, you are limiting yourself, mm. right? So take that away. Okay. Step number one, you already pointed out already. I want to help people who are into personal development. Mm. Singapore? Globally? Where? Countries? Uh... I mean, often globally it would be great, but I was like, let's just start with Singapore. Very good. So you see, angle global, but right now, Singapore. Mm. Then next step is, you, what is one problem that you know they are facing that actually you are very good at solving? Uh, taking action. Or uh, maybe procrastination. Yes, procrastination. And, and, but that's something that you're very good at being able to solve. Fantastic. So procrastination is a problem, direct problem. Okay, give me another problem that you know they're having, they're complaining about it, but you can't solve it directly through you, but you can solve it through your network or your resources. Uh, I mean, I guess a way I feel I'm doing it is like, I have people in mind for things. So for example, for like journaling mental health, right? I'll be like, you should talk to this, like Eddie, she can teach you about this, this, this. I'm not trying to promote the business, but I know these are people who are very good at their stuff and I trust with my own stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like if uh, I, if someone wants to get 
healthy. I'm like, go for personal trainer. I'll interview my personal trainer because she's so good. Uh, you know? So you think about it, you already came up with the second column problems already because you are already solved, because you are a representative of your target audience, right? Yeah. And you're actively solving your problems, right? You're solving your health problems, you're solving your creative thinking problem, you're solving your relationship problem, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone of the problem that you have, you already found someone who can solve it for you, right? Yeah. These are the people that you can collaborate to co-create content for your community of people who are into personal development. Now, think of a problem that you know they have that none of your network or, or cap have is able to solve yet. Oh, I don't know this. <laughs> uh, but can you see that? This is, this is the key that we need to go find out. Like, if we are serving a certain audience, shouldn't we spend more time with the audience because we hear from the horse's mouth? Mm. That's the reason why I always say the starting point is always to love the people that you want to serve. Mm. And not just think of them as, you know, oh, I can make a lot of money out of them. Yeah, yeah. But that I really feel passionate about the people who are in the development. Mm. So spend more time going for coffee sessions with them, go into uh, uh, Facebook groups and Telegram groups and ask the question I just asked you, which is, what is one problem that you are battling right now in 2024 that you're struggling with? And everybody's going to give you different answers. And then you can now categorize them into problems you can solve directly, problems you can solve indirectly, and problems that you can't solve but need to be solved. Mm. And your entire content strategy comes up. Okay. Grounded in reality. And then one day, uh, and it doesn't take you long, you know, you'll start to keep hearing the same problem. Maybe they tell you, oh, procrastination uh, is, very, is a very big problem. And then you keep creating content on procrastination, but people keep asking you follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'm using this thing, but you know, I, my problem is not about myself. My problem is I do not know how to make my team not procrastinate, mm. right? All of a sudden you realize that, hey, you know what? I know how to solve that problem, but it's not gonna be as easy as solving through a piece of content. I need to solve it through a bookcamp, a program, a mm. software. Mm. Now you have an offer. And because you spend so much time with this bunch of people that you have so much touch point, all you need is to make an announcement and say that, hey guys, you have been consuming my content, my vision for you guys to be the best version of yourself. There's one problem that I'm super inspired to solve right now, which is how to help the people around you not procrastinate. Mm -hmm. Because your environment tr trumps willpower. You yourself developing, is not gonna be powerful. But if everyone around you also want to develop themselves, wouldn't that create a very powerful force for you? Mm -hmm. So therefore I created this program. Uh, please invite your friends to come. You don't even need to run ads because you already built so much equity. Mm. So I'm not worried about like you have, whether you have an offer or not. I worry that you do not know your target audience. Mm. Because if you do know your target audience and you spend enough time with them, the answers are obvious. So I've been tinkering at the back of my mind that mm. I want to do an a, a online course, yes. but actually for the career stuff because I thought it's good passive income in that sense. And, a lot of people know me for my career stuff. Yeah. Even though I love the self-development side Correct. of things. But, but what you see, sometimes, Jamie, you need to think this way. Give people what they want first. Then give them what they need. Think about it. All of us need personal development. But really, truly, do you hear everybody coming to you and say, I need to develop myself. No. People come to you and say, I want this problem solved. But they don't know that the reason why they have this problem in the first place is because they are not self-aware. But you don't go and sell us. You don't go and sell a self-awareness program because nobody wants it. Sorry. So I feel that you need to lean into what the market is asking for. Um, the market is king, right? So if the market is coming to you because they recognize you as an expert in career and HR, go ahead and give them what they want first. Because when you give them what they want, you clear that off their mental space. Now they got enough space to think about what they truly need, which is personal development. So why not every solution that you offer people always have a little bit of a bonus and tell them that, hey, you know what? 
you want me to do this content for you. You want me to help you with your resume. But actually, if you truly, truly, truly want to have a great life, a great career, you need to also do A, B, and C. And then you start teaching them that. And because they really got value from you at the front end, they will be very open to listen to the back end. What my worry is, is that if I continue down this career path, then people only see me as Jamie, the career person. No, not true. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you a bit of my, my, my story. So when I started, it was the same thing. I'm nothing. I was, an, I, was, I was an IT scholar. I mean, what? So I'm going to teach programming. But I, I, the only reason why I left the computing world is because I do not want to do programming. Mm. So I asked myself, what is a problem I could solve that I enjoy solving? Um, and it was public speaking because during the university days, I was already working on my public speaking skills because I love it. Mm-hmm. So that was my first thing, right? Uh, and I lean into that. And yes, I had a worry that, oh my, my God, what if um, people only remember me for being a speech coach, which after a while can be very boring, right? Mm-hmm. But I told myself, you know what? Let's just catch that wave first. Mm-hmm. And true enough, when you, when, you know, if you're always attentive to problems, you will always get your next big idea. So as I was doing a lot of uh, speech coaching with CEO levels, um, corporate, my friends start asking me like, hey, Eric, these are all CEOs. How do you even like get all these opportunities? And like even Ron Kaufman, how do you get Ron Kaufman as your mentor? And I was, I, I was like, oh yeah, actually it's because I think they think I'm very nice. They think that I'm a good person or I'm likable. And then my friends start asking, oh, back then no social media, I was from the world, no social media. So they were like, oh, how do you become so likable that people want to help you? That was my second pivot. And then I created a program called Unlock Your Personal Charisma, mm-hmm. where I teach people my process of how <clears throat> I build emotional connection with people and how I then, you know, get them to be willing to help me. And that program opened Asia for me. Mm-hmm. And then I remember in 16, uh, I was in Taiwan and I met a big boss and I said, oh, I have this charisma program. And he looked at me and said, young man, our people's problem right now is not charisma. Our people's problem is they cannot get customers. If they cannot get customers, they have no charisma to show too. I was like, okay, that's something interesting. Let me think about how to solve that problem. So I went to find out how I can solve it, always using myself as a reference. I realized that, oh, I always use networking as a way to, to, to find customers. Mm-hmm. And I use social media, back then it was Facebook. So I said, hey, why not I teach you, you know, how to do this? And that became my third wave. Mm-hmm. Then I, people started, I evolved and people started uh, uh, saying that, oh, wow, you can help me solve that problem. And so if you, you start to get the gist of it, let problem solving, of that audience that you love, be the guideline. Don't get caught up with the form. Mm. That today you are helping your mark, your audience through their career. Do it well, you'll be done. And then you will have a next big problem to solve. Mm. And eventually, as what Steve Jobs always says, the dots always connect when you look backwards. So when I started speaking, now uh, then I started people skill. Then I started sales and marketing and branding. But God knows what's going to be the next fourth wheel. But all I know is I'm going to keep solving problems and then see where it guides me. And so far, I'm getting a 40% picture that it seems like I'm very, I'm very, very um, attracted to the sales community. Mm. And I started to realize that, oh my God, uh, everything seems to connect me to the sales community. And there was a very big problem to solve, which is salespeople today, you know, uh, they, they want to be high performance, yet they are mentally stressed out. So that's why my company is called Happy Customers because I want them to be happy so that they can attract customers, mm. right? So all that did not come because I sit down and think about what is my vision. I can't, it's too big. I just, like a car in a stormy sea, you just go where the light points. Mm. Sometimes when the universe shows you too much, Jamie, it's going to scare the shit out of you. You know why? So big, grandeur vision. 
What if you're meant to build a global business? What if you're meant to be a global influence? But you looking at it right now is going to scare the shit out of you and you say, no, 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 thank you, universe. I don't think I'm good enough. Mm. So the universe is also wise. I'm just going to put one little like kibble, put one little there, let you move a few steps, gain some experience, gain some skills. Once you get it, I'm going to open another door for you and you're going to move, you're going to move, you're going to move. And next thing you know, when you look backwards, you realize that, oh my God, my life is planned out for me. Sometimes I think you overthink. No, no need to think. I mean, I overthink all the time. So, yeah, it's just now I think in the world of entrepreneurship, I just, there are so many doors and so many opportunities. I try to, I want to prioritize what's right, what's important, yeah, but I just get lost. Uh, you see, that's the thing. You, the metrics of right is what is confounding you because there's, to be able to say something is right or wrong, you must have a matrix, mm. right? But what metrics do I use? So if I say being rude is right, I, then I'm wrong. Mm. So if you want to even measure right and wrong, you already set yourself up to fail. So I think you, it will be smarter and wiser to give yourself space to experiment first. Mm. And you know, as long as you're doing something that leads you up and that you're good at so that you don't screw people up, mm. and then give yourself a time window, I'm going to give it a shot for six months. And then after six months, I'm going to see what it is. Because sometimes it, it, it's in the moving that you get to be guided. Mm. You know, it's easy to move a moving vehicle. It's hard to move a stationary car. So if you keep staying still, nobody can guide you. Mm. It's always been in the back of my mind because, yeah, I have I already created like uh, some of my YouTube videos. Yes. Right? I, I give everyone templates and um, I used to charge like a little bit for it. But then um, when there was recession in Singapore yes. and the, the jobs and all that, I just made everything free. Like. But I feel they are very... Actually, really good at this. Like people still view them and use them. Yeah, why not? You think it this way that um, use all your knowledge of HR and and job hunting and give it away for free. Empty your cup mm. and use that to build your first round of community, and then teach them the topic that leads you up. So you're not really limiting yourself being a career coach. That's why it's also about labeling, right? Yeah. You don't, you ever start off by introducing yourself as a career coach. You just tell them your vision that, you know, I, uh, my, my goal is to help you be the best version of yourself. Or, you know, I love personal development and I want to use this as a platform to meet more people like you guys. Mm. Yeah, it's about how you tell that story. Right? Yeah. You don't start with say, oh, uh, I'm from HR and I, I want to help you solve this career job. Then whatever that you say first is what people remember you last. I felt like because I, you know, this whole podcast and all that is about my journey leaving corporate. Then here I am trying to teach people how to get a job. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's a misalignment with your values, right? Correct, correct. Why am I teaching people to go into something that I left, you know? Mm. So I, I was quite worried about that narrative. How about we change the thinking a bit? People come to you for career advice, right? So you will still tell them that, okay, if you want to get a better job, okay, this is what I will recommend. Mm. But I also like you to think that are you in the right job? Mm. Right, because... I'm not saying that we all need to leave our job, but we all should find a job that is very aligned to our values mm. and can allow us to live the kind of life we want. Mm. So why not create a questionnaire to ask to, to, for that person? Because that person obviously is not asking the right question. The person is just asking how to get more pay. Mm. But you're asking a more powerful question, which is how do I get a job that, is, that I, I would come alive? Mm. But no one's ever going to wake up thinking that question. Right? Sure. So you answer that small question, which is, oh, how do you, how do you get pay raise? A, B, and C. Then you build their trust already, right? So, oh, this is very cool. Okay, but wait, before you go ask that, let me ask you C, D, E, F, G. Mm. And then they're going to think, oh, yeah, actually, do I really want that job? Then aren't you helping them now? Mm -hmm. 
in a way that's so aligned to you. Mm. And yeah. very subtle. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's just remember, give people what they want mm. first, then give them what they need. Okay. Okay, next bit yes. is on personal branding. Mm. So yeah, Not personal branding mm. is, is crucial in I think today's digital landscape. Unknowingly, I, I started doing it quite unknowingly, just because I started producing videos, yeah. right? So that came quite naturally. But for those who are actually, you know, really actively working on building to showcase their personal brand, how, do you have any advice for, um, you know, for them like to, to stay authentic or how do they actually even get started? Everything always starts with your audience. Um, here's an exercise that I recommend everyone to do. Okay, if you are a businessman, an entrepreneur, a salesperson, go talk to your best customers, the customers that you want more of. Ask them, why did they choose to do business with you in the first place? What makes you stand out from every other salesperson? Uh, what make them drawn to you? Now, if you're a creator, do the same thing with your top followers or your most loyal fans. Ask them, what got you drawn to me in the first place? What made me stand out for other creators? What is it that make you attracted to me? Then listen intently to the answers. Ask follow-up questions. And after a while, you'll start to see a pattern. Mm. That there will be that three to five things or reasons why your best customers or your best followers are attracted to you. You see, the thing is this, Jamie, you are already attractive to a certain group of people. You just don't know why. <laughs> the minute you know why you're attractive to them, you double down on your attractiveness, guess what? You're gonna attract more of them. Mm. And that's the essence of going where you're celebrated, right? So that's what we should do. So that's your step number one. Go talk to the people that you wanna attract more of, that you're already attracting, and ask them what makes you attractive to them. Mm. And then be intentional, because I say this, everybody has a brand. It's just that most of your brand is not controlled by you. It's controlled by what people see about you. That's why you keep worrying that, oh, what if people think that I'm a career coach? No, if you do not communicate intently about your mission and your vision, obviously people will make their own conclusion. But if you're so intentional about who you are and you tell people that, that's going to change how people look at you. I feel like because branding is what people perceive of you when they're not in the group, right? So of course I, I'm trying to like, think uh, of, of people generally will think like, how can I uh, show them who I want to be like? Uh, but you see, that's, the, that's a tricky part. You know, I, I do not like the saying about fake it till you make it mm. because it implies inauthenticity. Mm. And number two is that, you see, it's easy to put up your best performance when you're dating someone, but the minute you live with that person, right, all your ugly <laughs> shit all comes out, right? Yeah. And I think we're all here for long-term business. Mm. And wouldn't it be beautiful if you can be yourself yeah. and still attract a following? Mm. And the world, there's so many people in this world. You know, okay, let's just say Singapore, 6.4 million. If just 1% of the people love you, that's still a lot of people, Great. right? So why do we need to please everyone? Mm. So I, I, that's why I say that the, the starting point of brand is, number one, to be very clear about what makes people attracted to you in the first place. Mm. And then, of course, is that the kind of people that you want? Like, let's say the monkeys are all coming to me right now, right? Uh, and I don't want monkeys to be attracted. I will still ask the monkey, why are you attracted <laughs> to me? Oh, because you smell like a banana. You look like a banana. You, you, you look like a banana, smell like a banana, right? I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to stop dressing like a banana. I'm going to mm. stop using a banana colon. And guess what's going to happen? The monkeys will start leaving me. Mm. Isn't that great too? Yeah. So it's still important to know what makes you attractive. 
So it still goes back to um, the self-awareness bit. Absolutely. At the core of personal branding is self-awareness. I actually find all, even though it's quite scary, this whole entrepreneurial journey, mm. right? Uh, I find it very interesting in a different way. It's scary, but it's, it's just very interesting compared to, I think when I was in corporate, it's very... Not, Every day is the same, right? Correct, correct. Predictable. It's like very, um, the scope is just that. Right. Got it. Yeah. This one I think about so many things and every day I'm learning something new. Yeah. You could almost say like going corporate is like, you know, a walk in a park and then, you know, being entrepreneurship is you are now in the mountains. Yeah. That's why people say it's so tough. Um and it's 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 it so is tough. In it is tough because we may not have the right mindset or the skill set yet. Mm. But talk to those that are savvy and successful, they'll tell you, Oh my god, it's one of the best things ever. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have to be a jack of all trades, but I, I love it. Like I said, I'm, I'm like loving the journey. There are some very painful parts, but the excitement covers it. Or like I'm it so is worth it. Yeah. 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 So anyway, it's random. Just hang out with more entrepreneurs. And, and especially when you're going through low moments, uh, which I do, and I always ask my entrepreneur friends, like, please tell me the shittiest moment of your career. And then they, I hear it, and I feel happier. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm not, mine's not the worst. So like, you know, comparing yeah. really helps relativity. Because yeah. you know, you're stuck in your own echo chamber. You think that you're really going through a difficult time. And then later when you talk to your entrepreneur, you realize that, oh, that is normal. Yeah. And the minute your mind tells you it is normal, suddenly the pain is not painful anymore. And you know, I think you've been on your entrepreneurial journey. How long have you been on the journey for? 15 years. I, I left corporate 08. Wow. Yeah. And then I've been doing this for... Oh, well, but it, it did not felt like 15 years. I could do this. Every day is day one for me. I guess in these 15 years, you must have picked up some valuable insight, lot. right? Mm. So what is one key piece of advice you would give to creators or entrepreneurs who are striving to stand out and make him an impact in their respective fields? I think this one helped me a lot. The outcome is for the ego. The journey is for the soul. Mm. Because you would, you would think that as a creator and as an entrepreneur, we are kind of impatient because we left our job or we decided to step into the world of creation because we have a certain goal in mind. We want to be a powerful, influential creator. We want to get a certain number of followers. We want to get sponsorship. Or as an entrepreneur, we want to get investors. We want to get top-notch customers. We want so many things. And every day we're driven by those outcomes. But you know what's the problem? Every day we're not happy. Because the only day you'll be happy is when you achieve the outcome which means that 99% of your time you're unhappy because you're constantly chasing. Mm. And I find that to be, it was okay at the beginning, but it started to have a, a toll on me as, as I set bigger goals. Mm. It's okay if you said like, my goal is I want to get one customer in one month. Oh, you'll get it. But what if now I tell you, I want to build a billion dollar company. It's going to take me years. Does that mean that for so many years I'll be miserable? So that advice helped me a lot because it helped, it, it reminded me that I should make the journey my goal because it's the journey that makes all the difference the journey is what helps me become a better version of myself um and and that gives me staying power and you think about it if you enjoy the journey then you will stay longer in that journey right mm. and you'll work at your craft right and when, once you work at your craft would you get good at your craft and when you get good at your craft wouldn't all the outcomes that you desire come to you yeah. naturally that's why a lot of us like staying power. That's the problem. You look at a lot of young people who join entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship, or even the senior people who decided to have a career switch. Going into entrepreneurship, two, three years, they're like, oh, this is not my thing, right? Nothing wrong with that. But it's the reason why we don't have that staying power is because 
we are so fixated on the outcome. Mm. And you know what's the problem with being too fixated on the outcome? You take shortcuts. Mm. Right? And sometimes the shortcuts uh, prevent you from learning or the shortcuts get you in trouble. Mm. Yeah. So it's still work in progress for me. Yeah? So that's why I tell, this is an advice I keep even till today. That every time I feel impatient, I feel frustrated, I feel like I want to take shortcuts, I tell myself, okay, the outcome is for the ego, it's just to feed my ego, alright? The journey is for the soul. I'm going to enjoy the journey. Let's do a quick lightning round, okay? okay. Uh, four questions. What is your favourite daily ritual that sets a positive tone for your day? Petting my cute two-year-old corgi. Titan! Yes, they're so cute. Can't wait to meet Titan. Yo, oh, I, I can't wait for him to meet you too. Next, a book that has had a lasting impact on your mindset. Oh, okay. I, I, I know you asked that question and uh, I brought this book. I'm going to show it to the video here. This book is the most beautiful book so far and I buy this for everybody's birthday. It's Love for Imperfect Things by Heming Sunim. Mm. Uh, and if you look at a book, it's oh, full wow. of pictures and just short, short verses. Like there are, there are stories and then there is uh, like short lines like this. Wow. Like this. Um, so, you know, just look at the title, right? Love for imperfect things. Who? Us. We're imperfect, mm. right? But we're perfectly imperfect. Mm. And the whole subtitle is how to accept yourself in a world striving for perfection. Uh, so it's a beautiful book. It's actually a gift for you. Thank you. And uh, one, of the, one of the quotes that I really love a lot is this one that says, when you start caring for yourself, the world will find you worthy of care. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful, powerful lines. You know, sometimes, you know what I do? You know how I read books sometimes? I like, universe, what is something that I need today that is going to help me live the best life ever? Flip, 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 flip. And then I just see what catch my eye and go like, oh, that's good, okay. I opened it, the first thing I saw, courage. Oh my God, we just talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, that's what you need. So that's what the universe is trying to tell you. What's one principle that you believe that every content creator should embrace? Go where you're celebrated. Mm. Community and tribe. I mean... Yes, yeah. all of us have our own tribe. Yeah. yeah, and the world's big enough. We can't... This 1% of the world is still a very big community. Mm. Agree. Okay. Last quick lightning round. What's the most memorable piece of advice you receive from an audience member after one of your talks? That person was not just an audience, but he was also a speaker and a speech coach. And he gave me this one of the best advice that I still follow till today, after delivering like hundreds of speeches. He said, Eric, every time before you deliver a speech, I want you to imagine that this is the last speech that you get to deliver. And then you'll be gone. How would you want to deliver that speech? And I tell you, every time I think that way, I always speak with more courage. Because, you know, sometimes... I have a tendency to just want to deliver what the client wants and, and I just stop there. But sometimes I've, I, when I know that this is my last speech, I felt like it's my duty to be the universe mouthpiece. Mm. And sometimes I get led suddenly to share a message that was not part of the plan. Mm. And it takes courage, you know, sometimes to go with a flow. Mm. Um, and that's why every speech to me is a day one speech. Mm. And that helped me a lot. If not, it'll be very boring, right? Because I'll be doing the same thing. But every time before I speak at the back of the stage, I always tell myself, wow, if this is the last speech and someone recorded it and the next thing you know, I'm gone. That speech is probably going to go viral on YouTube, hopefully. Or, and and I, would I be proud of that speech? Yes. yes. Right? My last speech. I have one more thing to do before we go to the sure. remarks. So I do this. Okay, wait, let me get it first. 
it's that's why there's Jenga there. Oh my god, wow! Building it up just now. I was wondering how come you were playing Jenga. Is that your way of coping? <laughs> or your, your, this is your routine. No, no, no. Ah, uh, um, okay. So, so I call this the the depth quest because okay. um, we have prepared some deep questions. Uh, every um, every block has a number that corresponds to a question. That wow, it's prepared. so cool. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead and pick, and I will find the. Question it corresponds to. Okay. Wow, question number wow. one. Wow, okay. <laughs> what is your biggest fear and how has it influenced your life choices? My biggest fear <laughs> is losing my loved ones. Mm. And what have I done about it? Um, which is why I study a lot into spirituality mm. to understand more about, you know, is there life after death? And why are we here? Yeah, mm. I haven't have all the answers yet, but I'm in the in the seeking. Mm. Yeah, I feel that was too short. There's one more. <laughs> do I? Do, do go, I? Go, go. Pick, mean... pick, pick one more. Pick okay. one more. Okay, I I think this one is an easy one. Wait. Oops. Wow, thirty-five. Thirty-five. Sorry. Why? What role does spirituality or faith play in oh your life? Oh God, Jamie. And how does it influence your perspective on challenges and trials? Oh my god, what are the odds that I pick a question on spirituality? Okay, yeah. sorry, I was a bit shocked and surprised. I didn't really listen to your question. Okay, okay. okay. Try again. What was okay, okay. it? Um, what does the role of spirituality is it? Yeah, even even I got a shock. Um, hang on. What role does spirituality or faith play in your life, and how does it influence your perspective on challenges and trials? Oh yes. Um. If you think about it, spirituality is the study of our true nature. And as of today's study, I learned that, you know, we are made in the image of God. I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. So I know this might sound familiar to some Christians, right? Mm. But actually, uh, from what I've read, you know, there is, there is only one God, the creator of everything, right? And you see, the thing is this, when you are a creator, you want to experience yourself, you can't. Right? You need to have a second person to experience you, right? Like, you cannot experience yourself. You need to go out of your body and look at, oh, how beautiful Jamie is. So from what I've studied, it's like God decided that he wanted to, you know, create himself in his image so that he can experience himself and to, you know, allow us to experience him. And, and that's beautiful, you know why? Because it means that we are all God. We are all made in the image of God, which means we have his creativity, we have his divine love, we have all the things that he has. Mm. And that influenced me so much because that's why I'm very careful these days about what I think about because whatever that we think about, it can come true because you have that nature mm. in you. Which is why, you know, sometimes when we watch movies and we see, um, you know, people doing acts of courage or acts of kindness, we tear because that's our true nature. Our true nature is love. And that when we feel loved and we feel we, we, we have the courage to love people, you know, we feel connected, right? That's because that's who we are. And uh, yeah, so spirituality has helped me see, you know, appreciate myself more. Uh, and I'm continuing to study it so that I can understand whether there's life after death. Mm. And that can I still meet my loved ones? And it all, yeah, everything led to Yeah, 1 in 35, what are the odds? Yeah. It's meant to be, Amy. Ah, can't escape, can't escape. Can't escape. <laughs> well, 
thank you, thank no, you. No, thank you, thank oh you for gosh. this deep, deep. This is not just creator in the progress already, my God. It's like uh, evolve human being in the progress. Uh, you ask great questions. Thank you so much. Uh, it gives me a chance to reflect also. Yeah, thank. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for sharing like all your wisdom, like so openly and being. You're just open, you know, to share so many different things, your thoughts, your perspectives, your experience. Like, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're most welcome. Thanks for the questions. I, I love the chat. We should do more, even outside of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. But um, I guess before we, we really end off, yes. um, is there anything you want to share about listeners? Or maybe, I, I don't know if you have any upcoming projects that you're excited I think about. what I'm most curious is, uh, for all the listeners who have listened to our episode or they watch us on YouTube, I'd be very curious to know what's their biggest takeaway, like what resonates with them. And, you know, if you can, you know, share on social media what resonates with you and tag Jamie, tag myself so that we can connect with you and maybe have a deeper conversation with you privately. Mm. I think that'll be very cool. Awesome. And, um, yeah, uh, where can they find you? In- Instagram would be the, the best place. Mm. Uh, Eric Goes Global. Uh, or if not, then TikTok. TikTok would be also same, Eric Goes Global. Mm. Easy to find me. Just find Mr. Positivity. Yeah, Mr. Positivity. <laughs> okay. That's Thank it. you. Thank you. See you soon. All right.